Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dorsey Wright Podcast for Wednesday, October the 31st. I'm Jay Greg Nanny. And I'm Ian Saunders. And this is the Halloween edition. Yes, Happy yes. Halloween, everybody. Today is Halloween as we're recording this, as we're filming this. And the markets, at least for the time being, are giving us some uh, treats as opposed to, to many tricks that we've received over the course of the month. And, you know, October is, as we're recording this, the last trading day of, of October, Wednesday the 31st, we, we start into November tomorrow on Thursday the 1st. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But the month of October, I think everybody's going to be happy to see turn the calendar. October, historically, is just one of those months that is uh, sees a lot of volatility. It sees a pickup in volatility. You, you've seen historically there's still a lot of people that remember the you know crash of 1987 that happened in October. The, um, the 97 saw a massive amount of volatility in the month of October. October of 2008 was an, an insanely volatile month for the market as well. And while we're not at any one of those time periods today, we certainly did see a pickup in volatility in the month of October of 2018. And we certainly did not see any of the massive events necessarily that we saw in terms of magnitude that we saw in, in some of those other years that were mentioned. Um, we certainly did see a number of days that, that saw the market move quite a bit and, and move quite a bit in, in plus or minus the 1% direction. And, and, you know, there's lots of Lots of ways out there to, to try and measure or gauge volatility. One of the measures that often gets referenced is the VIX, which is a volatility index that spiked up to uh, the upper 20s earlier this month after spending most of the year well below um, the, the 20 level. Um, now, another way, though, I think to really quantify volatility is just looking at how many days did the market, was the market volatile? And, you know, one way to quantify that is just how many days did the market move up or down 1% or more? So how many days did it close with a return, a positive or a negative return of 1% or more or greater? And so far in 2018, we've seen about 45 days do that this year. And that's about 21% of the trading days. On average, if you just kind of historically look at that into perspective, on average, about 24, about one in four days, the markets per year see these these types of days, these volatile types of days, either to the upside or to the downside. So, you know, so far in 2018, even with a volatile um, October that saw nine of those days, potentially 10, we haven't seen um, the 31st end yet, but but right now would certainly fall into that. So would be the 10th um, 10th day in that in that category. Um, even with with uh, with February of this year, with um, October of this year, we're still sitting right there, just below the average amount of volatile days in the market in 2018. It just feels a lot worse. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you look out there, and it certainly feels like much more volatility. Now, you've seen you've seen lots of un underlying uh, names see a lot more volatility throughout the course of the year. But it's also coming, you know, 2018 is a year that has is on the heels of 2017, which saw just over 3% of the days see a plus or minus 1% move. 
And so, you know, that's the lowest we've seen in 50 years. And so the 2018 come in and we're, we're kind of getting back close to what would be considered an average year in terms of just the raw number of 1% of plus or minus days. Um, but it certainly feels like a lot worse uh, coming off of a 2017. With that said, you know, for, for the bulk of the year, um, while volatility was, you know, reasonably just below normal, the first nine months saw... Uh, a lot of continu trend continuation in terms of U.S. equity dominance, growth dominance, technology dominance um, in the marketplace. But October, we certainly have seen a fair amount of changes or potential changes underneath the surface that we haven't seen here uh, earlier in the year. And so I think it's worth talking a little bit about that the month of October that has seen a number of changes. We've seen a number of, of changes in terms of our sector rotation uh, models, country rotation models. And, um, you know, one of those just big dynamics at play that has been at play for years is, you know, you know, we mentioned it, that the growth theme has just been dominant um, for the past couple of years. Is that done? Is that over with in terms of what we're seeing now? Exactly. And that's one of the things we've, uh, we've been looking at here is kind of that relationship, both on a, a shorter term basis and on a longer term basis between growth and value. And so in, in Looking at that, we've seen that if, if we look over the past five years or so, uh, growth has been far outperforming, far and away, um, more than double, in some cases triple, the value, um, the value um, aspect or the value kind of ETFs that we've been looking at. Um, but on a shorter term, a 30-day basis, it has, um, we've seen value kind of come, come back into play a little bit. But each of these have been down recently, given the market downturn. Um, but value has been down less than growth over the past 30 days. Um, so we're seeing value that we're seeing these value stocks, these value funds that we're, we're looking at have kind of seemingly not taken as hard of a hit as, as the growth, which you would expect because the, these are the names that you, you would tend to, to go to that for their kind of lack of price volatility, um, that maybe the increased dividend, and um, that would seemingly weather the storm better than these high growth um, very, very quick up, but possibly quick down funds or stocks that you'd be looking at as well. Um, so, and within that, within the kind of value versus growth dynamic, one of the places we look at is the individual sector rankings within the Dolly, um, the Dolly tool. And so in that one of the, there are a couple of value kind of sectors that you can designate or at least go to, to, to pull some value names of. Um, and one of those is going to be the utility sector, which we've seen jump up um, I believe 64 buy signals over the month of October. And so it's moved from that ninth rank spot out of 11 all the way up to the fifth rank spot, which is in the top half. So it wouldn't necessarily be up at the top of those sector rankings, but at least we've seen some in increase here on the on the near term. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's at these times, there's always uh, grasps at reasons as to why the market is, has gotten volatile and whether it's midterm elections, whether it's interest rates, the, the reasons don't matter. The, the reason, the fact of the matter is that, you know, we, we are certainly seeing um, things move. We're seeing potential changes at hand there 
um, the utilities area, healthcare, you know, as a sector has mm -hmm. has moved up towards the top of the of, of the rankings, and you know, so that's that's ultimately what's most important is you know not necessarily always the reasons. The reasons will come out later. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes the reasons will come out later um, if it is elections. Ele midterm elections happen next week, uh, so if the elections are the reason, we'll, we'll see uh, what comes out of that. Um, you know, earnings are another thing that that many people point to as the reasons that the market's gotten volatile. I think it's interesting though, when you look at, at earnings, uh, there's over half of the S&P 500 companies that have reported earnings uh, so far this year. Um, we've got a couple more big names this week and, and certainly some still to come in, in, the, in the next coming weeks. But of, the, of over half of those companies that have reported, over three quarters of those have reported better than expected earnings. Yet, when you look out there, um, what we've actually seen happen is the reaction to the better than expected earnings has been met with a, an average decline of about one and a half percent for the stock, even mm -hmm. those stocks that beat earnings estimates. And so, you know, it, it's pretty interesting when you when you look at some of this. And, and you know, again, it's not necessarily the reasons, but the reaction, or not necessarily the news, but the reaction to the news that ultimately is what's important to us, and ultimately is what's going to flow through the price of the securities. And the prices of the security is what's going to drive. Uh, our, our indicator action, it's what's going to drive charts, it's what's going to drive our relative strength pictures. And at the end of the day, that's the most important aspect that we can look at is the price of the security. It's, it's, it's the one value that as we look at to try and evaluate the markets, every single investor has to ultimately cast their votes in the marketplace by buying and selling. And that activity is not what they might be saying, but what they're actually doing with the investment dollars. And that activity is ultimately what flows through the price of the security. And that activity is what we want to identify. That's where we can ultimately glean information from the markets in terms of um, direction of, of a stock price movement, relative uh, strength of an individual stock or an asset class uh, as we move through through the market today. So, you know, this dynamic between growth and value is, is certainly playing out and we'll see, see if if we get a reversion back to the long-term trends of growth being in favor, or if that near-term improvement in value um, does does actually move in and, and come into to uh, to favor, and it's coming at a time now that as we roll off the month of October and move into November, we start what is historically known as the seasonally strong period of the market, and that's the period in the market from November first through the end of April. You go back and historically you look at that time period in the market and that is the six-month stretch that all of the gains basically in the market are, are, are derived from. The six-month period from May through the end of October, the, the period known as the sell in May and go away time period, which, um, you know, in, in hindsight, looking back six months, selling in May and going away probably wasn't the worst thing to do. Um, but, but nonetheless, you know, as we, as we enter the month of November now, um, it is historically a seasonally strong period in the market. It doesn't mean we throw risk management uh, by the wayside in any, any respect, um, but it is certainly a, a time period in the market that has historically favored owning U.S. equities and, and very particular owning the growth area of the U.S. equity market. Um, so we'll, kind of going back to that idea, we'll see if that, um, the, the growth uh, stocks in, in general can, can get back onto solid footing from there. Um, and we'll have some more information uh, in the reports. As that unfolds on these podcasts, on our videos, um, in, in terms of, of action that we're, we're seeing in the marketplace. But before we wrap up here, you know, one of the other things that we were talking about 
is not just the dynamic that's unfolding uh, domestically, but also internationally as well. Absolutely. And in looking at those kind of, we were talking about the kind of the possible rotation uh, within the domestic sec sectors, we've seen um, rotation internationally, a significant amount of rotation internationally recently, um, with uh, Brazil's really been kind yeah. of leading the charge on the upside. Um, today had a, a model change there that brings it up to Brazil being um, having exposure in three of our international models, mm. which is um, definitely definitely significant to take note of. And on the flip side, we've seen uh, other areas such as China um, have have fallen off some, and um, a lot of several of those uh, a couple of those models have flipped to Brazil for Brazil for China there. Um, so it's definitely interesting to, to kind of see how the election process in other countries influences the market just as much as in the election process in, in the domestic country. Because yeah. Brazil has been spurred upwards um, largely in part to their um, election of a new um, conservative <laughs> president that was initially, the initial vote was the beginning of October on, um, on the 7th, I believe, and that spurred an uptrend in several of the funds and stocks that we've been looking at. And then due to Brazil's interesting election process, that, that vote wasn't actually confirmed until <laughs> um, earlier this week. And so that's kind of led to that continued strength there. So that'll be quite interesting to see if this, uh, if this new, new president can continue this upward trend in their market. Yeah, absolutely. May we live in interesting times. Yes. Is, uh, is, is certainly comes to mind there. And um, so, so with that, you know, there, there's certainly a lot going on in the market. And, and as we mentioned earlier, we'll, we'll be sure to um, try and keep you up to date and, and try and help help you stay on top of these different trends. If you're not uh, currently using our research, accessing our website at dorseywright.com, please uh, go there, sign up for a free trial. Um, but as always, we certainly appreciate you joining us this week. Hope everybody has a happy and safe Halloween if you haven't already done so. Uh, and we certainly look forward to talking to you next week. Mm -hmm.